welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. You doing good? Can we stand to our feet just for a moment? Slap your neighbor and tell them they're good looking. Turn to the person you ignored and just tell them you're almost a model. I mean, you're almost... You're almost a model. <sighs> little, little more, guys. Um, real quick, just wanted to, um, just wanted to say real quick, transform the weekend. I'm believing that it's going to be one of the most significant weekends ever in the life of our church, like ever. So I just want to, there is no cost to it, but Friday night, Saturday night, there'll be some things Saturday morning, actually, that will be equipping people and just make sure, spread the word, bring your friends, bring your cat, bring your mom, bring everyone. Don't bring your cat, actually. Don't bring your dog because someone's going to come with like a little squirrel in there and saying, is this that service where we bring animals to church? Never. That's never happening in this church. I just want to let you know. Unless you're blind, bring you. Otherwise, uh, stop it. Okay. Occasionally, I've literally had someone say, "Can we have a blessing service for my dog?" Just believe your dog's blessed anyway. Okay. You need to get your butt to the house of God. And I do want to thank you for your continual support of the Believe and Build Foundation, man. Uh, we have a generous church, absolutely no question about it, and we are believing that we're always too small. We lease this this current facility, but we're believing God in the days ahead that we'll need to purchase our own facility, and whether that's this one, you know, it's already got the name, the King's Court. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. God willing. Nice moustache there, Andrew. Yeah. When I get older, I'm going to grow a moustache just like that. I do want to um, just say before I get into to what I want to talk to you today about, so a young man in our church who's been part of our Transform groups and serves on our team, his brother passed away. And I just want to make sure if you know Victor at all, that you'll be praying for him. You'll be, uh, if you know him, reach out to him and just be supporting him and his family. Difficult time, but we believe, hey, we're not just a church that comes and attends services. We're the house of God. We're a family of God. Amen. We are the family of God. And so it is, it is not one person. It is the church's job. Come alongside people, support, love, and just make sure you're praying for him. Um, so, so vital we do that. We, Jesus said, you shall know them by their, not even that, you know them by their love for one another. And that is your fruits. Last week, we began a series in our church called Breathe Again. Someone say, Breathe Again. And uh, we began to unpack the journey of Abraham and Sarah, and God really began to show a pattern in the Old Testament of what He wants to do with you, what He wants to do with your family, what He wants to do through you. God wants to take you on a journey of faith. God wants to bless you. God wants you to give you a gift called righteousness, but God wants to breathe upon that. And, and, and you are to be a picture, or He was the picture of a Spirit-filled man, and you and I are to be actually carriers of the presence of the living God. Are you with me? And so I want to talk to you along that line. If you like to take notes in church, I'm going to read a scripture, then we're going to pray. The title of my talk though is Presence Carriers. Presence Carriers. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? 
He says, you do not belong to yourself. Literally, when you become a follower of Jesus, you say, Jesus be Lord. My life is no longer mine. Let your kingdom, let your spirit literally not just live in me, but have full, full capacity, full, 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 full sway in my world. He says, for God bought you with a high price. Can I just say this today? There's no other, there's no other philosophy, no other religion in the world where the, the author of that literally died for. Buddha did not die for you. Jesus died for you. Muhammad did not die for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. Are you with me? Come on, can we give the Lord a hand? Come on, we're going to pray together and just believe that the touch of God is going to come right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every man, every woman within the sound of my voice right now and even those that watch online. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless them exceedingly and abundantly, more than all we ask or imagine. Let the, the gifts and the presence and the fullness of the Spirit of God. Lord, I rely on you in these moments. Your people need you. They desire you. They, they, want, they, they are hungry for you. Meet them here today in an incredible way. We thank you for it. Open minds, I pray. Come on, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I declare today that I am who you say I am. I can be who you say I can be. Today, I open my heart to receive the word of God with faith. And I will be the person you made me to be. Anoint me. Help me, strengthen me, encourage me, empower me to be that for the people around my life. Come on, one more time. Can we give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Praise God. Grab your seat. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you, guys. What you do week in and week out, our sound team, our production team. You know, I was just at, uh, had the opportunity to go to a conference called Presence Conference out in San Diego. Never a bad thing to go to San Diego. <laughs> Reminds me a little bit of, a bit of Australia, actually. And uh, man, it just made me so thankful for kids' teams, to be honest, because my kids had an incredible time there and their faith was impacted and their life was impacted. So one more time, I want to put it, uh, us to put our hands together for our kids' team. Come on, they serve week in, week out. They make it happen. We appreciate you. We love you. Have you ever um, gone to a place and you came back and people didn't have to ask you, did you go somewhere? They knew you went somewhere. Yeah. And it, this probably happened more so years ago when you could smoke in certain environments and they've pretty much taken that away. But you used to go to a place, you might have gone to a, uh, a restaurant slash bar or might have gone to another place and you came back and you your hair stunk and your jacket stunk and your shirt stunk and your jeans stunk, like your socks stunk, like it was so bad. And you would come on back and, and uh, people go, Are you, uh, have you been smoking? I'm like, no, 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 no. I was just, I was around it, you know, and you might as well have been anyway, because you were just around it. But you came back smelling like something in particular. And um, have you ever spent time with some Christians and, and some people of faith and and 
It wasn't so much what they said, it was kind of more their smell. It wasn't like some of them smelt fresh and some of them you could tell had a, 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 a fresh faith journey. They were engaged, they were passionate, there was something about them. It wasn't even that they said they were talking about spiritual things. You just got around them and it's like their aroma literally got on you. And you felt it, but you know, you've been around some people too and their faith seems like it's a bit stale, doesn't it? Their faith seems like it's kind of like hurting or, or just, it doesn't smell like it's supposed to smell. Like when you walk into a restaurant and, and you smell that, that, that steak or that chicken or whatever it is, maybe you're a vegan, you smell that lettuce and, and, uh, you know, you smell that, that the little green onions and that tabbouleh. I, I don't know what you get excited about if you're a vegan. I'm just saying, like, do you walk in and go, celery, thank God it's here. Like, I, anyway, I just. But my wife and I had the opportunity here this week, uh, uh, an amazing preacher, Jensen Franklin. And and man, he's, he is an incredible preacher and he's one of the men I lean into to listen to on a regular basis. And there's something, to be honest, different listening on a podcast than there is on an actual live because you've been in the worship and you've had your heart softened by the Word of God. That's why, listen, I think you actually need to attend church, not just watch church online. Like, I'm for if you watch church online, if you're in the hospital or you can't even make it. I get it. But there's something about when you get around the worship of God and it's like that aroma begins to get on you and you begin to smell and it begins to shift and begins to put faith in your heart. And it's like when that preacher gets up to preach, it's like it's not even so much what he says sometimes, but it's what he carries. Yeah. And, and, and as Jensen was preaching, I, I don't even remember really the talk, <laughs> but I remember the smell. Yeah. I remember the aroma. I remember what it seemed that he carried. And I just want to say to our church, and I want to say to every man here and every woman here, what do you carry? Like, what do you really carry? Like, when someone gets around you, do they smell staleness or do they smell freshness? Do they get around you and it feels a bit carnal, to be honest? Or does it feel like it's authentic and real? Like, I've been around, I've actually been around pastors and I thought to myself, I've walked away and thought to myself, gosh, I feel like when I get around them, it's carnal. Leaders of churches. And so when the leaders of churches get a bit carnal, I kind of wonder how's the followers going to be. But I get around others and and I'm inspired by their faith and I'm inspired by their authenticity. And I'm inspired to live a life that would carry the very presence of God. Are you with me? I want to teach and preach today about being presence carriers. Presence carriers. I want to give you something I feel like the Lord gave me as I was praying about it this week. I want you to put this on the screen, guys. If my people will value my presence, then what's in me will get in them. Hear me again. If my people will value my presence, then what's in me? Now, if you're a Christian, he's in you. But that doesn't mean he has full access to you. Because sometimes he gets in one room, but you don't like him in that other room. Because that room smells. But how many know that God wants to actually clean that room that smells? 
right? Because if there's a room that smells in your house, it affects all the other rooms. Recently, I was having some um, issues with our basement. It was getting some water down there and so forth. And so when it really rains a lot, I get this small little leak. Well, it's not that small, actually. I've had to use a shop vac and literally uh, vacuum up the water. But if I don't vacuum up the water, the whole house smells. And isn't it that the way with God sometimes? Is that he's like, hey, can I clean up your basement? You're like, Lord, you don't want to go in the basement. It smells down there. He's like, that's why I want to come in there. And that's why I want to clean it up. You see, God isn't just going to go into the basement and say, you naughty little boy. You naughty little girl. You bad, bad Christian. No, he wants to shop back your moldy, ugly basement. And he wants your house to have a fresh smell. He wants to Febreze that thing. He wants to seal your ugly basement. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you shall know. (laughs) (laughs) Then what's in me will get in them. They will lack for nothing. But if my people will value my presence, it will become the X factor of their life. The X factor is that intangible thing that you can't even describe on someone. Like you're literally like, how did you get there? How did you go through that season and it seems like you still have joy in that season and you're literally like, I got the X factor, baby. It's called the presence of the living God in my life. How did you with no education run that business? It's called the X factor, baby. How did you speak in front of those thousands of people because it's the X factor in my life? How do you have such a blessed family because you came from such a dysfunctional family? He says, it's the X factor that I have put on you in your life. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that we are the temple of the living God, that God himself lives within us. It is a radical statement. When we say God lives in us, isn't that kind of large? Like, have you thought about some of the things we say sometimes? We literally go, God lives in me. So what are you doing God-like? Like it's challenging because you're the temple of the living God. And if you're never doing anything that's out of the ordinary, then obviously he's contained. Wow. Obviously he's, he's, he's got some constraints. And you're like, Anthony, you can't constrain God. He's God. I want to tell you, yes, you can. Jesus himself was constrained in certain towns because they dishonored him. He would walk to some towns and he would marvel at their faith. He would walk to other towns and he would marvel at their unbelief. And he could do few miracles in certain places. Watch this now, because he was dishonored. See, when you honor something, you get the blessing of what honor gives it. If you honor praise and worship, if you honor the house of God, if you honor the preaching of the word, if you honor, how many know if you honor your spouse, you'll probably get a more blessed marriage, right? Because if you honor something, you seem to get the blessing. But if you dishonor something, it's the opposite. Are you with me? I was praying this week about 
what I was to share on and I, I kept thinking for some reason about the tabernacle of Moses. I want you to put this on the screen. Some of you may be completely unfamiliar with this and others may be actually very familiar with this. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's the Ark of the Covenant. Is there another picture, guys? The, there we go. See, that's how unfamiliar we are with... Amen. <laughs> God gave Moses actually the... the, the the pattern for how he was to build the place where they were to come into worship. And I just want to touch on a couple of things. I don't want to go all deep into it. I don't think I'm a, uh, a theologian on this one, but let me just hit some things real quick. Notice there's one door. Someone say one door. Everything about the tabernacle speaks of Jesus. Absolutely everything. It was the shadow of what was to come. And so there was a door. Jesus said, I'm the door to eternal life and you walk into God's presence through what? One door, the person of Christ. The next thing is the brazen altar. It is the place of sacrifice. It is the picture of Jesus when John the Baptist said about him, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. They were to give sacrifices on that and it would take away their guilt only once a year. But Jesus, how many you know, takes away our guilt for eternity. The priest would then go to the other place called the brazen laver. It is the place of cleansing. They would wash their feet and they would wash their hands. They would get clean before they would get any, any closer. Jesus is the wellspring of life. He is the, the person that gives us cleansing, but it's also a picture of baptism. Why should you not just put your faith in Christ, but get baptized? Because God is trying to take you on a journey closer and closer to himself. Does that make sense? Now, as they would go there, they would then go into the holy place. This is not the holy of holies. There was two sections of this tent. One section was... Um, let me see here. The table of showbread. There are three distinct uh, pieces of furniture that were very particular in this place. A table of showbread. Jesus says, how many know that Jesus said in John 6, he says, I am the bread of life. And it was a picture of what was to come. Then there was a lampstand in there, seven golden lampstands. And if there was no lampstand in that section of the holy place, there would be zero light in that place. Jesus says in John 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever walks in me or follows me shall not walk in darkness, it says, but shall have the light of life. And then there was a place, there was a curtain and there were only, oh sorry, the next place is the altar of incense. And this is the prayers and the praises of God's people. And as you walk through the door called Jesus, as you walk through the blood of Jesus, as you allow yourself to be cleansed, as you walk on through into the next place and understand he's the bread of life and he's the light of the world and you give him praise for it. What actually happens is you get into and walk into the very presence to the living God, like literally the place where God himself dwelt. The Holy Spirit's in, uh, habitated that place. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, now they walked into the Holy of Holies, only allowed in there once a year. But when Jesus dies upon a cross, that curtain is split from top to bottom. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm coming to meet with men. And now the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, you are the temple of the living God. But for some reason, I kept thinking of the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to show the Ark of the Covenant, guys, the next picture. And the Ark of the Covenant, how many of you have seen Indiana Jones? 
back in the day, okay? Yeah, so probably dates a few of you. Some of you are probably under 20, like, who's Indiana Jones? You missed it. I mean, what do you, I mean, sometimes you just weren't there. <laughs> it's like, who's, who's the Beatles? Who's you too? You, you missed it. I mean, But the Ark of the Covenant was again the presence represented Jesus. And I, I don't know, I'll, I'll teach on this another time. But what actually happened was there was a lid on this, and God told them to put three distinct things in this Ark of the Covenant so that they would continually remember what happened. The three things were the Ten Commandments. Go to the next slide, guys. <clears throat> the Ten Commandments, okay? They had two tablets in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ten Commandments, let me just give you a summary. The summary is the first four deal with the honor of God. The next six deal with the honor of people. It is literally the first four commandments are how you honor God. The next six commandments is how you treat people. So what God was teaching them, I want you to remember that if you are going to carry my presence, you're going to actually learn how to honor me and honor people. The next thing that God gives was um, Aaron's rod. And this means you and I are to learn, someone say learn, because we do not live in a culture of honor. We live in a culture of dishonor. But God actually, his kingdom and his culture is a culture of honor. Yeah. What happened was one day, some people said to Aaron and Moses, they literally said, you've gone too far. You think you're too big. Um, we're priests too. God speaks to us. And uh, we're, we're right on this one. And God is literally like, okay, big guy. You're going to get 12 rods from the 12 tribes. You're going to put them down. And in the morning, whoever is my authority, his staff is going to literally bloom with almonds and flowers. And so they put Aaron's rod in the place of the tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant. Is that, are you following? So you've got the Ten Commandments. You've got Aaron's rod. And then the third one is, this is where I really want to sit today, is the third one was manna. Someone say manna. Manna was how God provided for the children of Israel for 40 years. They would get up early in the morning and there would be this wafer-like substance, this bread-like stuff. There was no butter, no peanut butter. But anyway, it was good stuff. And um, they would go and feed and they would feed on it and they fed on it. And it spoke of God's faithfulness for 40 years. Listen to the scripture, Exodus chapter 16. Are you, are you doing okay today? Yeah. Right? Exodus 16 verse 33 says this, Moses said to Aaron, get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and he eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. So in the place of God's presence was the Ark of the Covenant speaking of Jesus, but God wanted them to learn three particular lessons. And here's where I really want you to catch this. If you're going to be a person that carries the presence of God, you have to, and I have to, allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and flow in you these three very important attributes. The honor of God... The honor of people, the honor of God's provision and God's guidance, and the honor of authority. Yeah. 
Now, how many, how many, how many of you? How many of you? How many of you honoring authority comes super easy to you? Yes, some of you, some of you. But how many of you know that? Guess what? That got taught. My little Hopi is four. She's the most disobedient of them all. I'm not sure why. Um, like it, but it's been that way. It must be a personality thing. Maybe she caught that from mummy. I don't know. Um, but it too, like I'd say, Hopi, do this. And she would literally, like the others wouldn't do this. She'd literally go, no. And I'm like, wait, I'm your dad. Like, why? What? <laughs> But she naturally did that. And some of you would naturally dishonor almost more. Um, but, but here's the thing. How many know that God has to work in you? Yeah. And, and the challenge for every single one of us is we have to be carriers of God's presence so much so that we honor God, but we don't just honor God. We honor people. We honor authority and we honor how God actually provides for our lives. And I want to say this to every single one of you. If you will regularly go and seek manna from the Lord, it is God's blessing. It is God's provision, but it is a, a, a sense of reliance on the very person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you go get the manna, God will help you honor authority, which brings blessing. God will help you honor God, which brings blessing. And, and, and if you honor that presence, then you'll actually honor people and that brings blessing. Are you getting this? I'm trying to get you blessed. Listen to me. I'm trying to get you blessed, but what it actually comes from is a regular and consistent seeking of God and saying, God, I need you. God, I desire you. God, I'm called to carry your presence as a Christian, as a man of faith, as a man of uh, a woman of faith. I am called to carry your presence. And the only way you learn to carry his presence is if you'll seek it like the Israelites sought manna. Listen to what the Bible says in Mark 6, verse 4. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And watch this now. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, Let me give you one other scripture and then let me show you a story. Galatians chapter 5 says this. Paul speaking to us says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It says the sinful nature or the natural man, the natural woman wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you don't have wrong desires. Let me encourage you just for a second. Just because you've been following the Lord for a while doesn't mean you don't want to do bad things. Actually, it's just a sign. Actually, the fact that you would resist any bad things says God is doing something in your life, right? And you might feel like you're consistently falling and consistently failing. 
But you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to actually live the Christian life. This is why it is a tragedy when some people stop at the first part. They walk in the door of the tabernacle. They have their sins forgiven. They might even get baptized in water, but they don't enter into a fully functioning spirit of God, presence of God environment. So they won't have the power to actually live the life they're called to live. Are you with me? It says this, verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. See, the law tells you and I, the Ten Commandments tell you and I what not to do. But the Spirit empowers you to do. Here's when you know someone's not living a Spirit-empowered life. They see Christianity as what you don't do. But if you are living a life where you are leaning on the presence of God, now it's not what you don't do. Now it's about what you do do. Hear me again. Let me preach to the back of the room because they didn't get this yet. When you're living a faith experience, that is, it it feels like you're restrained all the time, limited all the time. You're like, ah, you don't get to do this. You don't get to do that. Don't get to do this. You're living in the flesh. You, you, you may well be a Christian and sincere and going to heaven, but I want to tell you, you need to live empowered. Because when you are empowered, now it's about what you do do, not what you don't do. Are you with me? See, the Spirit empowers you to fulfill the law. Watch this now. The law says you shall not murder, but the Spirit empowers you to love and forgive. The law says you shall not commit adultery, but the Spirit empowers you to love and respect your husband or wife or your neighbor. The law says you shall not steal, but the Spirit challenges you to be generous. Do you see the difference between the Ten Commandments, the law, which simply points out your faults, and the Spirit, the one who is changing you from the inside out? You see, the law is simply meant to reveal that you need a Savior. But the Spirit is to empower you and I to live a very different life. And you will not get this perfectly. But if you keep seeking manna, if you keep going to God, if you keep the house of God as an honorable thing, if you keep the Word of God as an honorable, if you keep prayer as an honorable thing, God will change you. Listen, the Ten Commandments say, you shall not lie. But the Spirit challenges you to speak with love and truth. The law says don't covet. The Spirit helps you celebrate someone else's success. This is important for our culture right now. There's a lot of people hating on people who are doing well. It's because we've taken the light of the law of God away. No one even remembers you're not even meant to covet. It's almost popular in our culture just to rip on people who are doing well. The Bible says, do not covet. Why don't you celebrate their success, learn some things from their success, and maybe you can be more blessed as them. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, we got, we got, we got one guy who got it. He got that. I want you to know how important carrying the presence of God is. Because whether you realize it or not, people smell it. 
There's a fragrance about it. The Bible actually says, Paul actually says, we are the fragrance of Christ. He literally says we carry Christ and, and, and you and I have a smell and some of you need to get the fresh smell back. Some of you need to take a bath in the, in the, in the word of God in the shower and you need to put on some deodorant again and you need to spray that thing, put some cologne on and get around and just like, man, I'm smelling good. Are you with me? See, when you empower, can I have the worship team to come on back? When people meet you, do they encounter the real or the fake? The hypocritical or the authentic? Do they feel fresh around you or stale and old? Is there apathy or passion? Is there fear? When everyone gets around you, are you fearful? Or is there faith? Can I have those? pair of shorts the struggle's real in summer I was at um I guess a beach indoor water park something like this and 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 I I got these shorts and I really like these shorts they used to be green (laughs) they're like salmon or pink I don't even know what color that is okay um if you go over here on the waistband, it gives you a tiny hint of what they used to look like. But I was just wearing shorts and my wife was like, babe, why don't you wear swimmers? So I was just like, I don't know. This is just what I do. Like I do stuff and I don't know why I do it. <laughs> she thought it's like, oh, I thought you were smart. <laughs> so I'm wearing actually one of my favorite pairs of shorts we used to be. But they got immersed in chlorine and just drained all the color out of them. And I think a bunch of people have been so immersed in the culture of this world, you're not quite what you're meant to look like. But God wants to, by His presence, by His Spirit, by His Word, by His empowering, by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to take what is meant to be and He wants to make it green again. He wants to bring it back to its original intention. Listen, men men are meant to be strong, but they're often strong in the wrong places. Women are meant to be unique and creative and strong in the right places. But our culture is telling people, listen, you're not like this and you're not like this. And God says, no, no, no. I made the shorts. I get to tell you what you're meant to be like. And you've been so intoxicated and surrounded by everything else that what you were meant to be is draining out. But I came to bring a word to someone, if you will. If you will just keep getting around the presence of God, if you'll walk through the door, His name is Jesus. If you'll put your faith in the person of Christ, if you'll allow Him to wash you, if you'll walk into the holy place and there'll be bread for you and there'll be light for you. And listen, as you come into the presence of God, God will teach you to honor. God will teach you to honor people. God will teach you even honor authority. God will teach you. God wants to do something significant in your life. Come on, would you stand to your feet for a moment if you're not already? Come on, can we just take a moment? Come on, can we just take a moment and just clap for God?
Come on, can we clap for God? Isn't he good? Come on, just take a moment right now. Would you close your eyes with me? All across this place. We're going to have communion today, but we just ran out of time. We can't do it. We'll do it next time. Close your eyes. The most important step is you walk through the door. His name is Jesus. As you walk into the door, you'll quickly find out that he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. As you keep on walking through that door, you'll say, son, I need to cleanse you of some things. I need to wash you of some things with my word. I need to wash you with my spirit. I, the reason you need to get baptized is because it, it cleanses some of the things of the past away. If you'll keep walking in, you'll understand that he's the bread of life. He satisfies. He's the light of the world. He'll give you light and clarity for your light and your soul. As you'll keep on walking into the presence of God, you'll understand he has the power of the Holy Spirit. and He'll anoint your life and he'll teach you how to live and be restored. But the first step is often the most important step but I never want to do a Sunday in our church where we never offer the opportunity for someone to just walk through the door so if you're here today and you've never received the person of Christ you've never walked through the door of salvation and said Jesus I'm not righteous enough Lord but I know you are so I just ask you to forgive me that is the moment where you walk through the door or maybe you're here today and you feel like you're a pretty good person and maybe you've been to church for a long time whether this one or another one but you just probably don't even know if you're a child of God. You don't know if you'll go to heaven. I want to invite you. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. The person of Jesus wants to come into your world, change your soul, change your life, forgive you, and then take you on a path of blessing. Come on, close your eyes all across this place. If you want to do that today, I'm going to invite you to quickly raise your hand. Raise up high on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, quickly raise your hand. Raise high. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, those in the front there. That's awesome. That other one there. That's other one. That's awesome. Thank you, those two and that other one over there. That's awesome. Thank you. There's another hand over there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We put that down. We're going to pray a prayer right now. And that prayer is going to walk you through the door. So come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you. You are the Lamb of God that takes away my sin. I believe God sent you. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe you have a plan for my life. And this day, I declare I will follow that by your power and by your grace in Jesus name and I'm going to ask you church alive for those of you that raise your hand today and maybe you've never received a book or a prayer I'm going to ask you to do something else kind of bold just feel like the spirit of God wants me to do this I'm going to have our worship team if they're around come on worship team I'm going to have you just do one more song for those of you that really mean business with God, I'm going to ask you to, I can't come to all of you. I can't shake all of your hands, but I would love you to just come down the front right here. I just want to shake your hand. I want to meet you. I want to um, just pray for you for a second. So all across this place, you mean business with God. Come on. Can we put our hands together for those people? 
If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.